So my goal is helping persons to find like the, the exercise that is their soulmate exercise so that they can do what they enjoy doing because what they enjoy doing is what they'll do chronically. I think this idea of finding your soulmate workout is so important. As part of the AMA's What Doctors Wish Patients Knew series, Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford, an obesity medicine physician and associate professor of medicine and pediatrics at Harvard Medical School, shares what patients need to know about physical activity. Consistent physical activity can lead to improved heart health. It can lead to um, improved blood sugar regulation, improved blood pressure. It does a lot of different things in terms of the risk for those types of chronic disease. Dr. Stanford is interviewed by AMA senior news writer, Sarah Berg. Here's Sarah. Hi, I'm AMA senior news writer, Sarah Berg, and I'm very fortunate today to be speaking with Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Dr. Stanford is an obesity medicine physician scientist and associate professor of medicine and pediatrics at Harvard Medical School. Welcome, Dr. Stanford. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Of course. Uh, Dr. Stanford, could you give us a bit of background on yourself and what you're working on recently? Absolutely. Um, I am one of the first fellowship-trained obesity medicine physicians um, in the United States and actually around the world. Um, I, After completing my residencies in internal medicine and pediatrics, I came to Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School to do a three-year obesity medicine fellowship before um, really launching my career of exclusively caring for pediatric and adult patients with overweight and obesity. Um, so that's a little bit of the background of who I am. I mentioned that I'm a scientist, so I do conduct research that really spans um, the landscape of obesity treatment, looking at behavioral therapy, pharmacotherapy, and or anti-obesity medications and surgical interventions for the treatment of obesity and a lot of my work does focus on really acknowledging and elucidating the disparities that exist, particularly in racial and ethnic minority populations here in the United States, um, with regards to the prevalence of obesity within those populations compared to majority groups. Um, and so um, I'm working on several different projects in that domain um, and continue to publish great work. I have just recently published a, a great paper that speaks to um, the paucity of individuals that are being treated with pharmacotherapy for obesity. It published um, in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings just um, a few months ago, for example. Um, and I show that only 1% of individuals that meet criteria for medications in the United States um, actually get access to medications for the treatment of the disease of obesity. Um, that's one such thing that I, I work on along with a slew of others. Um, and so I'm thankful to be able to share my expertise and experience with the group today. Thank you. That sounds like a lot of wonderful work. Um, so today we're talking about physical activity. How do you define physical activity? So I think when we look at physical activity, physical activity is just getting the body moving. But when we're talking about it in terms of health status, you'll often hear people utilize things like we want you to have moderate or vigorous physical activity. And those things are a little bit confusing to people because what is moderate and what is vigorous? And so these are key things that I, I want people to think about when we're talking about, let's say, moderate physical activity, which is what most doctors will say to you that we want you to get 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. Moderate means that you could talk during the activity, but not sing during the activity, unless you were like maybe Beyonce performing during a conference where you could possibly do, or a concert and do both. Um, but you should be able to talk during the activity, but not sing. When you're doing vigorous activity, you can't talk or sing. 
um, because the level of intensity of the activity is such. Um, so let's look at some key examples. A moderate um, activity may be brisk walking, for example, or um, a light jog or something like that. Whereas vigorous intensity might be something like high intensity interval training. Um, and, you know, there's different um, strategies or people might go into some of the branded activities that kind of fall within that do domain. But I think that gives you a sense of, of what we're thinking about. How do we get the body moving, recognizing that um, not everyone is um, fully able-bodied? And by that, I mean, maybe some people are unable to use their lower extremities or their upper extremities or, or have conditions that have them um, have limited use of those. Um, and so you want to make sure that the physical activity is applicable to the person that you're speaking with. How much physical activity does a person need? So, yeah, so most people will say at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity um, minutes per week. Um, by that, I mean 30 minutes five times per week would be on average how people would break that up, although you can break that up in any way that you want. Um, if you look at the guidelines also placed out, you know, by the CDC, American College of Sports Medicine, um, we're looking at, you know, 75 minutes of vigorous activity. This is where you can do short um, bursts of activity, that high intensity, and then consolidate the, the amount of minutes spent doing the work. Um, this is the, the key recommendation we see. Now, as it talks to weight regulation, we will see those numbers go up. So when persons have obesity, we recommend typically 300 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. Um, and I think that people are unaware that that, that volume goes up when you've uh, struggled with excess weight. So those are kind of the key guidelines that we look at um, in terms of um, the duration and intensity of physical activity. Okay. And how can you choose the best activity and even level for you? I think you have to listen to your body. And this is why personalizing physical activity to one person is extremely important. Um, so, you know, for many of us that are adults, we've learned things that we like and what we don't like. Um, and then maybe there are things that we haven't tried that, you know, have always kind of been on our, our list or radar of things that we want to consider. So start with where you like. So a lot of people tell me that their favorite activity is walking. If walking is your favorite activity, there's a lot of ways to do that, both outside and inside, using hills, um, using different terrain types to get different intensities of walks. Um, and so that's that's really a great starting point. I do think that, you know, for all of us, particularly as we age, we know that we lose muscle mass um, and that becomes most prominent around the age of 60, that we need to have... Um, you know, weight training as part of our regimen. And weight training may be our body weight or the use of things like free weights or barbells, et cetera. And so the goal is, is starting somewhere. Um, I will often use on-demand platforms to help guide me. I've been a huge fitness enthusiast ever since the Jane Fonda days. Um, believe it or not, I am old enough um, to be someone that um, danced with Jane um, to her workout videos back in the 80s. Um, and so I think it's about, like I said, finding what you enjoy. If you like dancing, do, you know, dance. If you like um, snowboarding, do snowboarding. It is it's just about finding what you enjoy, finding what your body is able to do and doing it and do it as many days as possible. Is that also where you've, you've mentioned this before, finding your soulmate workout? Absolutely. I, I think this idea of finding your soulmate <laughs> workout is so important. So 
For example, I adore dance workouts. I adore kickboxing. These things make my heart smile. While you guys aren't looking at me now, hopefully in my voice you hear a smile because those things um, or those particular types of workouts are what I consider my soulmate workouts. They fit my personality type. They actually make me genuinely happy. When they're ending, I'm feeling a little bit of sadness because then I have to get back to my normal day. Um, that's the type of joy that people can find when they find the workouts that they enjoy doing. And these are the ones they're going to sustain for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, as someone who's always been a fitness enthusiast, I can tell you that they're, the workouts that I enjoy doing are the ones I've been doing for 30, 40 plus years. Um, and so it's about finding the things you enjoy. And when you tell me that you don't enjoy anything, I don't believe you because then I'll ask, well, do you, do you like, do you like dancing? Oh yeah, I kind of like dancing. So it's, it's, it's even thinking about things that you might not have thought is like exercise. Maybe dancing is just something you do for fun and you really had never put it in the bucket or, um, category of exercise. Um, I'm challenging you to, to recognize those things that started maybe in childhood that you enjoyed. Maybe it's hopscotch. Maybe that's something you really enjoy. If that's something you enjoy, then we need to get you doing it. Um, because what you do is what you'll sustain and what will give you the best um, and most optimal health. I like that. Those are all great tips. Um, what are some of the ben health benefits of physical activity? Oh, the health benefits of physical activity are like so vast. Um, but let's go with some of the key ones. Um, number one, you know, I, and these are some of the things that I think you can pick up from me are that it really stimulates and improves your mood. Um, the next thing it does is it improves our heart health. We know that people that are more physically active or more likely are more likely to avoid things like coronary events, things like heart attacks, strokes, et cetera. So consistent physical activity can lead to improved heart health. It can lead to um, improved blood sugar regulation, improved blood pressure. Um, it does a lot of different things in terms of the risk for those types of chronic disease. For weight, um, physical activity actually doesn't typically cause a lot of weight loss, which is disappointing when I say that to people. Um, many people join gyms on January 1st and they go to work out to lose weight. And on, on February 1st, they recognize that, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't lost any weight because on average, physical activity helps us to maintain our weight. It does not typically generate weight loss. And so, um, I like to emphasize that with patients as they go and toil away in the gym and are concerned about why they've only lost a fraction of a pound. It's because on average that in and of itself doesn't lead to significant weight shifts, but it does lead to typically weight stability. And we all know as adults that over the course of our life, we tend to gradually gain weight. And if we can do um, things that can keep our weight stable, even if it's in a category of weight that we aren't happy with, it's better than being, you know, higher than typically where we started off. So these are a few things that, you know, the benefits of physical activity. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. 
So physical activity all around is wonderful. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I know I personally enjoy it. I always feel better when I get on the treadmill and go for a run or hopefully go outside once it's warm again. Yeah. Whenever that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so in contrast, um, what does it mean to have a sedentary lifestyle and what are the risks Absolutely. So when we look at a sedentary lifestyle, um, these are individuals that spend most of their, their day sitting and don't ever have any purposeful movement. And by purposeful movement, I mean that um, you get up with the intention of being active. Um, now, you know, in the COVID-19 pandemic era, this looks very different because we are doing a lot of working from home. Maybe one's physical activity was just that journey to work. Maybe they did a lot of walking to work and from work, and maybe they're unable to do that in this kind of more virtual era. What I would do is, you know, challenge those individuals to consider building in purposeful activity. Maybe you start your day off with a workout inside of your home, inside of your um, apartment, wherever you are, um, and maybe you conclude your day with something. Um, I do something very funny that if you can visualize it, um, people um, have, I don't think only one or two people have ever seen me do this, but in between my visits with patients or meetings, I take a run down the hallway in my, my building and run back um, in my dress and my, my stockings. Um, only one or two people have ever seen me do it, but it gives me a way to be active during the day because otherwise I'm just going from meeting to meeting to meeting online. Um, so those are ways to build in purposeful activity. But if you're sedentary, you're not doing those things. You're just um, navigating your day without significant movement. Um, and this can lead to really um, negative health consequences. That also brings up, so with the, with the pandemic, a lot of us have been working from home. So we're staying home a lot. We're not getting our normal walk to the train, to the office, and we might be sitting at our desks more. Do you have any advice for people that are working from home and how they can stay active while still being focused on work? Absolutely. Start your day with exercise. Now, I know that everyone's not a morning workout person, but the reason why I say start your day with exercise is because if you wait until the latter portions of the day, at least I'm just going to use my day as an example, I find that additional tasks, additional meetings get added. And by the time I'm finished, and we're talking maybe nine or even 10 o'clock at night. Now, if I've gotten my workout in early in the morning, I'm not sitting there lamenting about why I didn't get that workout in early. Um, and we know in a virtual world that meetings that would have just been emails before are now meetings. So that means that in order for you to get it in, you might have to do something at the beginning of the day. Um, there are some people that maybe start the day so early that you have to do it at the end of the day, but schedule it. I think scheduling it, placing it on your calendar, um, developing tools and strategies that make it a little bit harder to skip it. So for example, I'm a workout person in the morning um, kind of person. Um, I will get out. Um, the night before, my workout outfit, my socks, the sneakers that I will be wearing, my hair tie, my headband for my sweat. I have everything done so that when I get up in the morning, when I'm like, mm, do I want to get up? There have been so many steps that were taken to make my transition to my exercise easy um, that like I negotiate, like, why would I not exercise? Like I've done all the work in terms of getting everything together. Now I just have to get in. And usually it takes about that first three to five minutes when you're just like kind of waking up to like really get in the groove. And then after that, you're really, you know, you're in the zone and you're excited that you got up and did something for yourself. So I think these are really tools. Like I said, running in place, jumping jacks, um, 
running down the hallway if you live in a building like myself in between meetings um, can only take 20, 30 seconds, but it can be something that keeps you active. Um, some people will use walking desk um, or um, under the desk exercises where they're pedaling um, or doing like an under the desk elliptical. All of these are great strategies um, that you can use and, and just find, you know, one or two or three, whichever works for you um, and do it, you know, um, every day. Those are all great tips. Um, what are some other ways you can increase your physical activity? So in terms of other ways you can physical increase your physical activity, I think like if you are still going into the office, building in more um, commute time, not commute time in your car, but commute time on foot um, is a great way to build in more activity. Um, you can use fitness trackers, which I do. Um, usually I'm wearing two at a given time because there's certain features that are like from one versus another to keep track of like, are you meeting, you know, your fitness goals? If you're trying to get in that 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week, are you doing that? Um, and, you know, you can use these tools to help gauge that. Um, in terms of the number of steps that people take on average, people should be taking on about 10,000 steps. I can tell you that, you know, most people get between two and 3,000 steps a day. If that's the case, how do you gradually increase that? You know, these strategies of kind of just building in purposeful movement throughout the day will help you get there. And so these are some strategies I would say um, that are, are really helpful to getting really started with physical activity. Is it important to set goals? Absolutely. I think in terms of setting goals, the goals are important, not in terms of like setting a goal weight, but in terms of setting like what type of output you want to generate. Maybe when you start your exercise regimen, you're only able to walk for five minutes. And after that, you feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't been, I'm really out of shape. I haven't been walking. So maybe, maybe your next goal is six minutes. I don't know. And then maybe your next goal is 10 minutes, et cetera. I think these gradual titration of goals, instead of just deciding, for example, that, you know, I've been inactive for 10 years. I'm going to go run the Boston Marathon tomorrow. It's probably not a smart idea. I think we have to condition our bodies um, to get us to a point where we're able to um, build up our level of endurance um, and, you know, I guess improve our overall health in doing so. Is it also important to recognize change doesn't happen overnight? Absolutely. It's like preparing for a final exam. You wouldn't go and take the final exam in a class if you had not like maybe taken the class or studied in the class. We have to prepare ourselves to get to the point that we're able to, to get to that level of accomplishment. And we can't assume that on day one, we're going to be able to do tuck jumps over our sofa and, you know, be fine. You know, we have to, you know, we have to gradually achieve these goals to be safe. Um, a lot of times people jump into really aggressive exercise regimens and they um, cause injuries. When you have injuries, these are setbacks to your physical activity. And so now you're at a worse state than you were when you even started. And so, you know, gradual um, integration of your activity, the intensity of your activity is super important um, for all of those reasons. And then what about rest days? Um, I know not everyone takes those rest days seriously, but um, how important is it to take a rest day between some workouts? You know, I think, you know, I've, I've, I'm going to give a convoluted answer to this because I think it depends on what you're doing. So if you're, if your sole activity is walking and walking style workouts, I don't really feel like you need a rest day, but if you're doing something on the level of like a CrossFit or, 
um, some high intensity interval training. Rest days are crucial to, to help repair um, the muscles in between those workouts. So I would say that that rest days um, and their importance vary with the intensity and, um, and duration of activities that are performed on those um, exercise days. And if you're um, unsure if your level of intensity um, really meets that criteria, you know, work with a fitness professional um, who would help guide you. Uh, what else is important to know about physical activity? I think the key thing is, is that it does not have to be punitive. Physical activity, I think people look at it as like a torture device or something. Um, it, it doesn't have to be that way. I, I find that people um, find things that they enjoy and they just never knew they enjoyed it because they never even took the time to explore it. Um, so one of the questions I ask my patients in each of their visits is like, what type of activity do you enjoy? That is an actual question in my initial visit with my patients because it's what they enjoy is what they'll do. And so I think that it's about finding finding what works for you, exploring it if you've never done it before. If you're coming in for your first visit at 83 and you've never explored that, I'm willing to explore that with you because it's just a matter of time that you'll find the things that you enjoy and you'll continue to do them um, every day. I have a funny um, conversation. I have a patient who's um, in her late 50s who I gave walking style videos or recommended some walking style videos. And she mentioned this to her mom, who's in her 80s. Um, and her mom teased her about like, who would do these silly videos with walking in your house? Interestingly enough, this woman invites her friend over now um, three times a week. Um, they're both in their early 80s, and they do this activity, this walking style workout in her living room three times a week. So there's it's never too late to start. Um, you can find it even if you thought it was silly to begin with. You can find that, wait a minute, this is really great and beneficial. Um, and so I think that's I think that's key. Can you share any at-home exercise tips for our listeners? Absolutely. So I'm a huge at-home workout enthusiast. I think it starts with, you know, deciding which activities you want to do and recognizing that we live in the era of the best on-demand platforms. Um, I think that people feel like they have to pay for really expensive trainers that can be cost prohibitive, but lots of programs, you know, you're paying maybe $100 for the whole year um, to access, you know, over 2000 workouts, for example. And I just love the fact that we're able to do this and work out with some of the best and brightest um, trainers around. I can also do my activity even when I'm on a work trip, which is typically what I'm on. Um, occasionally, very rarely, probably I need to increase that uh, on vacation. I can also engage in those activities. So we have these, these things. You don't have to have fancy exercise equipment. You can start with free weights, Start building your your collection with three and five pounds. If you want to take big investments, maybe you get those weights that are like select tech weights where you can go all the way from five up to 52.5 pounds. But I would say starting with basic free weights is a nice way to start. Having an exercise mat, um, having a nice clean towel um, to dry off that sweat that you're going to have um, if you're one of those people that sweat like I do. Um, these are things that you can have at home. And I can tell you during the pandemic, um, I've only worked out once um, in a gym since the pandemic started um, or since we recognized it in March of 2020. Um, I have not missed a beat um, in terms of my exercise. And I feel like there's less pressure to try to make it to an actual class because I can do that class in my living room. 
That sounds wonderful. I think we need a weekly Dr. Stanford workout class. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. Let me tell you guys, that would make my heart smile. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely join and sign up. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Stanford, thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to chatting with you again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This was such a fun topic. Of course. This has been AMA Moving Medicine. I'm Sarah Berg. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please be well. You can subscribe to Moving Medicine and other great AMA podcasts anywhere you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine. Thanks for listening.